After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Today is February 16, 2005. This is Evan's Journal coming to you live from Honolulu, Hawaii. So I guess the schedule from now on is going to be one interview released on Saturday, one of them released on Wednesday, and then we'll have um, the journal somewhere in between that point. That way we kind of spread things out. Plus, I have things written down in the show notes, but I haven't really been good about doing the journal, as you know. So I, I try and do better on that. But there's a lot of things going on, so this journal may be a little bit longer today. First thing I wanted to cover was Pacific Century Fellows Military Day. Um, the Fellows Program f- last Friday consisted of us going to the uh, various military bases. We went to Schofield, we went to uh, uh, Camp Smith, we went to the Air Force, visited the Coast Guard, went aboard a submarine, met with the General of the Pacific Command, the uh, Marines, met with uh, Admiral Fallon, and, you know, one thing that I noticed about these guys is pretty unbelievable. They're they're treated almost like royalty. Uh, when they show up, they have the peop- their, their people show up before them, put their notepad on the table, put the pen on the table, uh, make sure everything's okay. Then when, when they come in, everybody rises up, uh, they come and sit down, everybody's taking care of them, they have people waiting around for them, it's... um pretty interesting to watch and as we're looking through the uh, facilities the only thing that I can say is that it looked exactly like that movie um, Starship Troopers where it's almost surreal like where you look at it and they have the big emblems and and all that kind of stuff and it's it almost it almost doesn't look real I don't know it's it's kind of hard to explain but it was a really cool experience Uh, hang on a sec I'm gonna turn off the air conditioner Okay, so I invited the uh, general of the Pacific Command to come on to our show, and he's agreed to do that sometime, I believe, in April. And normally what happens is when we sit in these areas, we're either sitting around conference rooms. Sometimes there's a conference table, you know, rectangle-shaped or U-shaped or a round shape even sometimes. And then they have stadium seating around there, depending on what the room is going to be for, you know, the, the various speaking things that we go to. And... In this room, it was a, a U-shaped table where at the bottom of the U would be where the general sits. And then there's stadium seating around there. Uh, I don't know if people think I'm, I'm weird or or what, but I like to sit directly next to whoever's the um, person that is being featured. Because I want to see how they move. I want to be able to get their body language and I want to be able to hear their intonations. I don't have to you know, see it from far away. I want to... I want to be right in the mix, and that's what I did. And after we were done, I asked the uh, general for his business card. And the general was dressed in in military fatigue, so he looked as if he was going, you know, had the camouflage and and all that. Uh, It's kind of a big guy. And I really liked the way he talked because he talked about mentorship and he talked about people that helped him along his way. Then he kind of talked about, you know, world events and, and so on. But I was really intrigued with the first things that he said. So I wanted to invite him on the show. So I asked him for his card. 
And I know that people ask me after, like, dude, you got the general's card. And it's like, um, yeah, I need to get him on the show. So I, I think it's going to be a really interesting one to hear from a general on you know, his life and his, his thoughts and how he views uh, the community. After that, the next day, we went to a party at Jeff Watanabe's house. Jeff Watanabe is a local, I don't know if you call it an attorney slash business slash community leader. He's on the board of um, Hawaiian Electric. I believe he's actually the chairman of the board over there on the board for the Consuelo Alger Foundation. He is the um, main partner over at Watanabe in Kawashima Law Firm. However, he doesn't necessarily practice law. It's kind of an interesting twist on it, but we went to his house because um, a, a gentleman in the Pacific Century Fellows, his name is uh, Hawala, he had um, purchased a a party, I guess you'd call it, at a silent auction at one of these fundraisers. So what happens is Jeff's wife, um, she is a part of, I guess it's Child and Family Protective Services, I believe, or I'm not sure what, what the actual organization, but it's, it's something like that. And they have a group of women that will throw these parties at their house, and then they'll put it up for auction at these um, fundraisers, and then the money goes to the charity, which is a really interesting way of, of getting involved and giving back. So uh, my friend had uh, purchased the party, and then he had invited, you know, I guess about 40 or 50 people. That that was really an interesting experience as well, because um, I'm thinking, wow, that's pretty generous to open up your house to 50 strangers you've never, ever met. Food was really good. Uh, strawberries that I ate were, were excellent. So a lot of things um, were really fun about that night. It's kind of a shame because I initially um, asked if we could bring kids. So he he said, yeah, sure, bring them. And then so Carrie came along with the kids. But then when she got inside, she kind of felt uncomfortable because there were no other kids and it you know it seemed like an adult party. And um, she ended up actually going to Ala Moana instead. So I don't know. That was, that was kind of a shame, but... No problem on that. The The party was fun. I talked to Jeff's daughter, who whose name is Molly, and her partner, uh, Sarah. They're partners in a magazine called Smart Magazine that just had their first year anniversary. And, um, you know, they're planning on, on various things. And we're talking about social mission and community and so on. So we'll see how that goes. Um, maybe one day we'll have them on the show and they can talk about their experiences. The Bridge Program. If you listen to Steve Metter's interview, which... I don't think is released yet. He talks about what's called a bridge program, and it's like B-R-I-D-G-E. It's like an acronym. They stand for something. Basically, Steve was on a, a cruise with, with um, I, I think it was YPO, Young President's Organization, and one of the people on the cruise had talked to him about this program that he implemented in his company. And it's a pretty simple program. The way that it works is they allow employees within the company 20 hours per year of paid time off to do um, community service work or volunteer their time with local organizations. And the stipulation is that they want you, if you're going to actually get involved, go all the way. Do you know whatever you can for that organization, but 20 hours of it during work hours will be paid for. And then $20 per hour of time that, you're don that you've donated goes into a pool, and the pool is, is determined half by, I believe, the um, person who worked, and then the other half is determined by committees. So 
it's an interesting way of getting your people involved with the community and giving back and also taking cash from the company and then using that also to um, use as charitable giving. So I thought about it quite a bit because we have this outsourcing thing going on in, in Philippines right now where our editorial writing is being done and then we're looking at audio and so on. So I thought, you know, why don't we just walk our talk and actually implement this kind of a program in the Philippines office, which is what I talked to, his name is JR, about last night. I asked him, he's a young guy, probably about 22 years old or so, uh, college educated in Australia, but from the Philippines and moved back there and lives in the Philippines. And he's working in a friend of mine's office over there. So I asked him, I said, I said, the bridge program, because he actually wrote the article on it. I said, do you understand it? And he said, well, I kind of understand. And he started to give me kind of the, um, you know, the, the fine details. I'm like, okay, are you interested in doing something like that in the Philippines? And, he, and the good thing about JR is he's real open to things. He's very, very curious. And this is kind of an experiment to see if, you know, can these types of concepts be used worldwide? Will people adopt these? And do, do they work? And he said, you know what, uh, I'm interested. I haven't really ever thought about it too much because I haven't done that much community service yet. But let me think of, let me think of where, where I can, uh, you know, put the time. And I said, okay, well, let's do this. In the next week, figure out exactly where you want to um, designate your time, what organization you can find that you're going to be passionate about, and then let's go with it because I want to be able to walk our talk. I want our people to be able to understand fully, you know, the the benefits of, of doing these things. And it's interesting for him too because he's listening to all the interviews. He's reading all the transcripts. He has to internally process it a bit to write the articles, but then to actually enact it and live it out in his own area, his own community, that would be amazing, not just for him, but for us as a company. We're not just taking resources from one area because the cost is less, we're actually giving back. And I think if that kind of uh, philosophy can be fostered, wow. Think of what you can do if you broadcast a message worldwide. Andrew Aoki from Three Point Consulting, he came in um, this week on Monday. Andrew has an interesting story. The guy has like the highest level of education. Iolani High School, Stanford undergrad, master's from... from uh, Harvard, law degree from Michigan. I mean, very, very educated guy. However, he's chosen to dedicate his life and his, his um, purpose and his time of work to helping nonprofit organizations with a consulting company called Three Point. Also, they started a company called College Connections, which is a nonprofit organization designed to help uh, kids get into college, test prep, um, financial aid help, things like that but in an affordable basis. that It's a tiered program where if you can't necessarily afford it, you pay less or nothing. And if you can't afford it, you pay. So it's a really interesting um, system. And then Andrew's interview is coming up very soon. Okay, back to Andrew's in interview. This is where backup audio comes into play because I didn't back... Well, actually, I did. What we do is when we record, we record to mini-disc, and then I take the... Um, line out from the headphone jack and I put it into this device called Edderall R1. It's a portable uh, flash-based flash um, recording device. And then normally what I can do is it records in WAV files 
I take the device back home and then I plug it into the computer, transfer the files over, and then just use the mini disk as a backup. Well, when I was transferring the files over, it's a battery powered and it was halfway through the transfer, the batteries died and the thing just died. Corrupt. So I had to go back to the um, station and luckily for me, Chris Chang was there as well as Kimo Akane who's always, always super helpful. Kimo is just a, a super guy as well as Chris Chang and he helped me transfer it from the mini disc over onto a CD which I brought back home, um, took the audio off and the funny thing about that is that in Andrew's interview, the first section, there were no edits. It's the first time that we've had zero edits. But I uh, corrupted the, the file. <laughs> so it's okay now. Everything's up. And that one is scheduled probably for April, I believe. Greater Good TV is one step closer to happening. I know we've been talking about it for a while. It seems like the next logical step. I had a meeting yesterday morning with Rick Belangiardi over at KGMB. And I was talking with him in regards to Greater Good Radio, what we're doing. He had uh, done some research on it, read through the testimonials, looked at the interviewee list. And by the time we were done, said, look, let's just make a pilot. So now we're trying to figure out how to go about doing this, whether it's going to be a joint venture, whether it's uh, how it's going to work, whether we um, team up. Hopefully we can team up with PBS as well because I think the programming is perfect for PBS as well as what their mission is. Um, also, I talked to Mike McCartney over there recently, invited him onto the show, and Mike mentioned to me that he actually listened to this show. So that's always a good, good step. So the next step is for us to meet together as a group and then to discuss this and see how everyone can benefit out of it and how we can add value into the community. So I'll keep you guys posted on that, but it's looking very, very positive. I also met with a lady named Naomi. She owns a magazine called Pacific Edge Magazine. It's a, a publication that she does with her fiancé, Jamie. And it's a glossy, full, um, thick, glossy type of publication targeted toward young business professionals. So they highlight younger business um, people, younger entrepreneurs, talk a little bit about organizations and clubs, some fashion, some food, and things like that. Kind of a lifestyle magazine for the younger generation and I, I really liked it initially she had contacted me but I asked her a number of questions and then I guess she was in the process of moving so she never answered back but on Friday Lincoln Jacoby who's in the Pacific Century Fellows program with me had mentioned it to me that he's her mentor actually helping her doing this magazine and so on uh, via the Plaza Club and that I should talk to her about it again. So I, I was chatting quite a bit about, about it with him. He gave me a copy of the magazine. I mean, the thing is beautiful, the magazine. So we met for quite a while yesterday. We're trying to figure something out. Uh, more on that to come. And then lastly, to finish this off, why versus what? And the reason that I'm talking about this is because people will ask, you know, what's the difference between your show and other, you know, Hawaii-related business shows or other news shows or so on and the main difference in what we do well there's two main differences the first main difference is we don't focus so much on today's issues or what's happening today or the what you know what are they doing we're not focusing on that stuff so much we're focusing on the why why did they do it why did this happen why why did you make that decision because once you can understand that you can take that philosophy and apply it to other situations and the what, it constantly changes. See, when you think about the what, 
that's kind of like these management theories, right? You have excellence, and then you have TQM, and then you have something else. And every four or five years, you have something new. The what constantly changes. However, the why doesn't really ever change. Why do they do it? You know, to get more productivity. Why did they do it this way? To get more um, of a corporate culture. Why are they doing this? To make sure people are positive. The why doesn't really change. And I'll explain that a little bit more. Um, actually, I'll explain it more right now. There's a story I heard once of a man. He was inside of his car, and his son would love McDonald's French fries. So they would go and get McDonald's French fries, and the Mc- the French fries would always come out very, very hot. So what they would do is they'd put the French fry up in front of the um, air conditioner, and then cool it off, and then he'd be able to eat it. Well, one day he noticed that. His son was doing that, executed the, the technique, executed the what, the strategy, to the T. Put it in front of the, the um, air conditioner, ate it. But the air conditioner wasn't on. So the son could do the technique, the what, hands down. Understood how to do it, could execute it to perfection. But didn't understand the why. And this is where John DeMello comes in. Because I called him a while back. And I was, uh, it was after hours, so I was looking for his number on the rotary. And the reason that, and I couldn't find it, so I left a message with his daughter, um, kind of in a roundabout way. And then I talked to him about it. I said, you know, I understand that, you know, you're, you're real busy and you probably don't want people bothering. He said, no, that's not the reason. He said, the reason is because it's liability. If somebody leaves me some kind of song at midnight, half drunk, and, and then I'm, I'm composing some, I don't even listen to it, I delete it, but I'm composing something eight years later, and it has, um, you know, it's kind of similar, they can sue me. And he says, you know, I just don't want to deal with that type of liability issues. So the why on that one is so important. And that's why we're trying to figure out um, case studies for the university done with local people where we can bring in the entrepreneurs so they can understand the why. And the second part of it that is extremely important is the mission. And the mission, which is to educate, motivate, and inspire the next generation of leadership to become community leaders as well as business leaders. That really separates us from the other shows. They can talk about topically about issues, but we are going way deeper into trying to get into the fabric of what makes people actually tick and help them to understand that by their commitment to their community, their contribution into their community, integrating a social, social mission into their business, is truly how you become successful. That makes the biggest difference. So that's about it for tonight, and I will talk to you folks later.